my brothers and sisters in Christ. If you've gone to a doctor recently for a check, then you know that they ask you a whole lot of questions before you ever even see the doctor. They, they take a, a history. They, they ask about previous uh, ailments or times you've been in the hospital, medication you're, you're taking. And, and some of the first questions they ask are very basic. Do you smoke? Do you drink? Do you do drugs? They, they ask those very simple questions because those are clear indicators of, um, well, negative effects on health. It's very clear that those things can have a negative impact on a person's health. And then they also ask some positive things. You know, what, what, what's your diet like? How much exercise do you get? How much sleep do you get? Because those can also have very positive effects on our health. The reason I'm talking about this is there are just some very clear things that can affect our whole health both in a positive and negative way. That, that's true of our physical bodies. That's also true of our spiritual life. Now, it's not rocket science. You don't need to have a, a PhD and be a medical doctor to know that, that smoking and, and drinking and drugs are, can have a negative impact. And you don't need to have a, a doctorate in theology to know those things that can have a negative impact on our spiritual health. This is the, the whole idea of this sermon series that we're starting today, Anatomy of a Healthy Christian. The first indicator that we see of a healthy Christian is worship. Psalm 122 says, I rejoice with those who said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. David in the Bible wrote this psalm, and he rejoiced. He was glad when someone suggested, let's go to church. Let's go worship the Lord. So as we look at this first indicator of a healthy Christian, worship, we simply ask, is worship? Well, our first fill in the blank for today is this. Worship means to assign worth. Actually, that comes from a very old English word, which ultimately became worship in English, and it means to assign worth. Think of someone shopping or going to a garage sale, and you find something you're interested in, you really want it, but you look at the price and... Eh, it's, it's too much. You're not willing to pay that price for that item. It, it, it's not worth it. Now, if the price were a little lower, then it would be worth it. But not at the price that it is listed at. It really, in life, that is the case with so many things. There are things in life that we say are, are worth it, that have a value, and other things, we're not willing to, to pay that price or to trade whatever it is to, to get it. Um, maybe you've rejected a job offer or even left a job because it just wasn't worth it. The amount of work it took, 
the, the time commitment, the, the, the travel time to get there and back, that the time it took away from your family, it just, it, it wasn't worth it. it. It didn't match the value. When we worship in church, we're doing the same thing. We are saying that worshiping God, praising Him, is worth our time and praise. We are saying God is worth it. His value is such a high thing in our mind. We'll get up, we'll, we'll get dressed, we'll, we'll come here. We're saying God is worth our, our singing. He is worth our prayer. He, he is worth our, our listening and learning to what He says in His Word. We're saying He is worth our attention. He, he's worth our focus. We are saying God is worth our time and our praise. That then means the flip of that is also true. If God is, is worth our time and praise, and that's what worship is, then if we're not worshiping, then we're saying He's not worth our time and our praise. I want that to sink in. If worshiping Him means He's worth our time and praise, then not worshiping Him is saying he's not worth it. And something else is more of value because we're doing that and not worshiping him. Or we can be sitting right here in church, but our mind's completely not engaged, not thinking about what we're doing, not thinking about what we're saying, not concentrating, not paying attention to the sermon, not doing anything. And then we're saying God's not worth our attention and praise. Psalm 99 says, Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. He is holy. I'm going to give you a little Hebrew lesson. Okay? So the Hebrew word that's translated here, worship, looks like this. It's pronounced chava. And it means to bow down. It means to, to uh, pay homage, to be in humility. You, you go back some time, and there are some churches that, that would actually do this, that people would actually kneel in the church service. It was a way to, with body posture, show that, that God has worth and value, and we are less. I mean, we, we kind of do that when we confess our sins, right? In humility, we are saying God is here. He is holy and just, and we do not have the same worth as He does. He has more value. The first commandment, you shall have no other gods. We're, we're saying God is number one in our lives, but if we're not in worship, We're saying he doesn't have that worth or value. October is Ministry Appreciation Month. And last Sunday, evidently, was uh, Pastor Appreciation Sunday. 
So let me share something about your pastors. What hurts your pastors is when you're not in worship. Because it shows that worshiping God does not have the same value or worth that he wants it to. It hurts your pastors. Not because you're not here to hear the sermon. I don't care about that. It's because of what it indicates about your heart. Psalm 122 says, I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Martin Luther, in, in commenting on this very passage, said, faith produces this rejoicing. So when that rejoicing is is not there. When coming to worship is, is not there. It indicates that there's something not healthy here. That's why it hurts your pastors. Understand where those thoughts um I don't want to go to church, or boring, or I don't want to pay attention, or whatever. Understand where those thoughts come from. Not from God. They come from the devil. I, I don't know if, if you remember this. Um, a few years ago, height of COVID, we had this sermon series called Reset. The whole idea of the sermon series was that God was giving us this opportunity to, to reset our lives, to, to rethink about our, our priorities, what's really important, and, and, and make some changes to reset our life. That was three years ago. Maybe we need to do that again. Because... God is worthy of our worship. The next fill in the blank there. God is worthy of our worship. Because even though we don't always show that with our actions, He definitely has shown that we are worthy, that we have value to Him. And here's the amazing thing. He showed it. He showed the price that He placed on every one of us, and it was the blood of his son, Jesus. The Bible says the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. His blood, which is more precious than rubies or, or gold or silver, than all the money in the world, is what he gave for you. Let, let me just illustrate that. Do you know what the, the GNP is of the United States, the gross national product? All the money made in a year. Last year, the gross national product of the United States, $25.46 trillion. You are worth more than that to God. That's why he sent Jesus. That is the value, the worth, he has placed on you. 
Jesus died for your sins. We sinned, he died. He paid, we benefit. Even God's own name shows us that. And here's another um, Hebrew lesson for us. So Psalm 122 says, I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. That last word, Lord, is all capital letters. The NIV translation, it is, that translation's way to show that this is a very special Hebrew word. It even has a technical term. It's called the tetragrammaton. It means four letters because there are four letters in Hebrew. This is what it looks like. It's pronounced Yahweh. It's God's name. The Lord. And God himself even describes what this special Yahweh Hebrew word means. He says, or this is what happened in Exodus 34. So Moses chiseled out two stone tablets like the first ones and went up Mount Sinai early in the morning, as the Lord had commanded him. And he carried the two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. This special Hebrew word, Yahweh, God's name, the Lord, it emphasizes how compassionate and gracious God is, slow to anger, abounding in love. He's faithful. He maintains love to thousands. He forgives wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yahweh, the Lord, God's name, shows the the value he has placed on us. And not only does his own name show us that, even the names he has given to us shows that. There's a fellow pastor that decided he was going to read through the Bible cover to cover. And he had a a stack of note cards. And every time he came across a a name or a term that describes us Christians, he wrote it on a card. And he paged through the entire Bible, and he ended up with 682 note cards. And then he divided them into two piles. Those cards that were negative, truthful, but negative, uh, sinner, uh, slow to learn, things like that. And then the other pile were, were the positive. Uh, we are his child, sons and daughters, chosen, loved, forgiven, those. And, and he put them in those two different piles. Do you know what the, the, the ratio was, the, the negative to the positive? 682 total cards. And the negative? was only 72 cards. The positive, 610. Here's a picture. 9 to 1 ratio, 90% positive, 10% negative. That shows the value, the worth that God has placed on each one of us. You are his child forgiven, redeemed, chosen. A royal priesthood, the Bible says. So, rejoice. 
Be glad when you're going to church. And when you're here, rejoice. And then participate when you're here. Participate. Think about the words you're speaking. Think about the songs, the words of the songs that we're singing. Think about the prayers. Think, listen and pay attention and, and take notes during the sermon. Talk about it at, at a small growth group later this week or, or together with your family. Participate when you're here in worship. And, and if, if you can't come and you're worshiping online, participate at home. Don't try to multitask worship. Turn off all the other distractions and focus. Sing along with the songs. Pray along. Participate. And worship. Whenever you go to a doctor and they ask all those questions, they're not trying to be nosy. They're trying to get a complete picture of your physical health. And if they ever offer some suggestions, you know, Maybe you should exercise some more or, or go see a dietitian. stop smoking. They're not trying to be mean or anything. They're, they want you to be healthier. Same thing today. What does it mean to be a healthy Christian? We're going to look at that throughout these weeks here. We're going to look at other indicators of what a healthy Christian looks like. But for today, in this anatomy of a healthy Christian, today, a healthy Christian is one that worships. One that ascribes worth to God because he has placed worth and value on us. Amen.